0: that time of the week again it's time for chit chat across the pond this is episode number 537 for may 19th 2018 and i'm your host allison sheridan this week our guest is bart bush shots in programming by stealth i believe we're on 54 of x is that right
1: it is assuming i haven't gone wrong in my counting
0: anywhere (laughs) well uh in in past history i think i've screwed the counting up way more often than you so uh we're, we're gonna go with 54
1: well, we'll knock on wood there because I know at one stage you're going to end up getting it wrong. I, I do monthly podcasts. So you'd imagine if I get it wrong on a monthly show, I'm a complete idiot. But don't put it past me. <laughs> I can definitely do it. Well, I had a lot of fun with my homework again. This Excellent. is good stuff.
0: I'm really enjoying Bootstrap. Well, good, good.
1: Um, And you're making me want popcorn.
0: <laughs> yes, my recipe is about popcorn. Um, I did want to mention one thing. Um, Last week... I think it was while we were recording mm-hmm. I mentioned that I couldn't find my recipe and I figured out where it went. Uh-huh. So a long time ago, when you first told us to set up HTDocs, because we were doing web stuff in there and we needed all these things together, mm-hmm. I happened to have put it inside my iCloud Drive because I was using two different Macs at the time. We've been doing it so long, I'm on a, a completely different set of equipment, and I need to be able to see it on both of my Macs. Mm-hmm. Well, since then, I'm on a single Mac, but um, a while ago, in one of my 1,800 different times Apple has tried to help me with my iCloud photo library, the guy said, well, sign out of iCloud Drive. And I did, and it said, oh, do you want to save a local copy? I was like, "Uh, yeah, whatever. And I didn't realize how much stuff I had in iCloud Drive. And it was taking forever, and I said, okay, I I don't really need that. I trust you guys have that online. Okay, whatever. And I stopped it. Well, it turns out when you say yes to that, it creates a duplicate of your iCloud called iCloud Drive Archive. And when you reconnect, it never reconnects that data. It's a a separate copy.
1: So that archive is just sitting there taking up disk space and being annoying.
0: Right. Right. And so I looked at that after a while and I went through some of the folders and said, Yeah, I haven't messed with anything. Okay, I can throw the whole thing away. Well, I keep the HD docs folder in my left sidebar and apparently it was now pointing to that archive. So when I saved my recipe into the archive, I threw the archive away and that's why I lost it. Yeah. But that's cool. I got to do it again and it was fun and easy. So uh, so it's all good.
1: Okay. that That is okay. That is good.
0: I just I was proud of myself for figuring out what I did I was like why would I have thrown that away of all things you know
1: <laughs> It's not so, like you to 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 do that Yeah well that makes sense so mystery solved not my own work yeah
0: So I I wanted to fit in another question at the beginning here mm-hmm. I'm like I said I'm really enjoying this um I find uh, just the task of aligning text and inserting borders. I find that really, really, really tedious in mm-hmm. HTML on my website. Yes. And so I've been really enjoying it with uh, with Bootstrap because it's all built in and I can just say these easy to, to remember words. Uh, my question is, what is the use case for Bootstrap? Because I, I don't think it's, if you have a content management system like Drupal or WordPress for a website, that's not what it's for,
1: right? Well, Let's leave that question aside for a minute and let's build a little background and then we'll come back to it. I promise I will answer okay. your question, but I want to okay. I, I want to arrive at the answer. So, Bootstrap is for is primarily for people who build something with web technologies. So, whether that be a view within an iOS app that is actually an HTML view because you can write iOS apps in HTML, CSS and JavaScript or whether it be a web app like xkpasswd or whether it be a website like I think Alistair recently did a website with Bootstrap. If you're building something, you're you're programming something from scratch and you don't really want to do it from scratch because that's an awful lot of work to do it all the way from scratch, then Bootstrap is like a foundation that you can build upon to save you doing a whole bunch of the common background stuff. So Bootstrap okay. is a leg up so that you're starting with a blank page that isn't fully blank because you've basically went, import all of this work someone else has done, please, and I will now carry on from that point instead of a totally blank page. So that's, that is what it's primarily for. So it's, prim- its primary audience is someone who is building something. So building something. So where does that intersect with a content management system? So a content management system's job is to liberate the person writing the content and separate them away from the job of building the site. So they've become two different jobs. The person who writes Mm. your theme is the person who is doing the building of the site. And the person who writes the content is what the person who writes the content and so they're split into two different jobs. That's the the, the reason you have a content management system, because you, a lot of the time, the person who needs to write the stuff for your website is not the person who needs to design your website. They're not the same person. Right, right. Now, there can be an overlap. So because Bootstrap is so nice and simple and it gives you these really useful classes, some theme developers choose to use Bootstrap to build a theme because that way the person writing the content can use all the Bootstrap coolness when they're doing their bit of the job because it's so easy to understand that you don't have to be a programmer to really use it. So that Hmm. means that it's up to the person writing the theme to decide that their theme is going to allow the person writing the content to do the Bootstrap stuff. And that's why I'm so fixated about writing my own, one of the reasons I want to write my own theme. (laughs) If you want a job done right and if you're picky, especially if you're picky, Um, Mm -hmm. you do it yourself. And one of the things I want as me, the person writing installment 50 whatever of whatever, is I want to be able to use all the Bootstrap stuff. So I want to build my, so me with my building hat on is going to build me with my writing hat on a theme that's built around Bootstrap so that whichever hat I have on, I can use Bootstrap.
0: Okay. So building, the, the key word there is you're building it Mm. You're not uh, it's it's not about someone who only cares about creating content, obviously. I, I, th- I think I my problem is I sort of straddle the worlds, right? Yes. I'm writing about 5000 words a week, so I'm developing a ton of content. But I also I put in a, a picture of my dad during World War Two and I want a little caption saying he's the fourth one over on the left. Mm -hmm. that you know and i had to know how to write html how to write a fig caption in order Mm -hmm. to do that and then to make it look good and i was like oh i know i need a border and i need it to be italics Mm -hmm. it took me like i probably two hours to do that and that's the thing i want to get better at so i am building but at the same time i'm creating content so i might be the 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 different kind of person i'm not a builder or a a content creator i'm both
1: yeah and yes you are because well, you're you're our people you're a nerd right <laughs> and that means that right. you are, you do straddle both and it's one of the reasons why i think if you were to be starting from the complete abstract you might in future choose a theme that has bootstrap yeah because you would well, benefit looking, from it
0: i found out in the wordpress uh, theme directory there is a key f- word of bootstrap yes and so there are a bunch of bootstrap themes One updated on April 10th, 2018 with over a thousand active installs
1: well actually, that's interesting because the last when I started work on my own custom theme, I did I went through the theme directory and I looked for all the Bootstrap themes and they were all still Bootstrap three and I was like, well, I'm not doing Bootstrap three. I know Bootstrap four now and Bootstrap four is way better than Bootstrap three. I'm not going back in time, but I ah, haven't done okay. that search in a while. So maybe <laughs> you've been working on your site for a while. I know this is the annoying thing. Yes, because the chances are that if I now went, I'd find a Bootstrap four theme I like and I could have saved myself all of the work that no one's ever going to see. Oh, Aww. that's another possible outcome for all of this, because I was just, I was just basically, a few a few days ago, I took myself into it, the next bank holiday, I'm just going to push my theme live, no matter how terrible it looks, as long <laughs> as it's functional.
0: Just to make, your, make it go, huh? Yeah.
1: And now I'm starting to think, maybe I'm just going to throw all my work in the bin and just go pick a bootstrap for theme. Oh, yeah, oh, hard decisions, hard decisions. Anyway, let's not make hard decisions on the air. <laughs> all right. Well,
0: I, I, I do think this is... Um, it, like you say, I I am your people because the whole purpose of my podcast is so that I can do nerdy things. Yes. So it just all fits together, right?
1: Yes, yes, exactly. Okay, so right. where... now
0: to our regularly scheduled program. Yeah,
1: but no, that was that was good, right? Then I mean, where does this stuff fit okay. in? That, that's a good conversation to have. So where are we in the big picture story? So we've we we had a a very very hand waving overview of Bootstrap two and seven months ago. And I told you that Bootstrap is sort of a a horse with four parts uh, or four aspects. So one of the aspects is these utilities, which is what we're looking at at the moment. One of the aspects is making the normal HTML tags that exist regularly look better. Another aspect is site layout. And then the final aspect is adding in new things that HTML doesn't do natively, like modal dialogues and dismissible pieces of content and carousels and all those kind of cool things. Oh, so, so Bootstrap course. is those four bits we get to look forward to, but we're starting with the utilities because those utilities are just ubiquitous. They're everywhere, and you're going to keep using them all the time. So they're kind of a good foundation to start with. So last time we did about half the utilities I'm going to look at, and today we're doing the other half. So we're going to finish okay. off the first of our four, our, we call it a four-legged stool. So today we're going to finish off the first leg of the stool. And then the next thing okay. we're going to move on to is using Bootstrap to make the normal HTML tags Nicer, So better tables, better lists, Hmm. better, you know, better forms, those kind of things. And it's just, it's not that they do something different. It's that someone has done all the work to make it look good. And all you have to do is put a few classes around things. And hey, presto, your website suddenly goes from looking mediocre to looking fantastic. And you haven't done any work. That that's kind of why I adore Bootstrap. Now, do you want one of those fancy tables that, as you move the mouse around, that nicely highlights the line? Do you want one of those fancy zebra tables? You know, all that stuff is just there for you, so you just use it, and well, that rocks.
0: Oh, cool! By the way, we call those green bar reports back, I... back in the old days when, uh, when thirty years before you were born, uh-huh. uh, when you I'm would sorry, Allison, on...
1: <laughs> I my first year Java assignments were handed up on. That green and white paper with the holes in the side that you could tear yep, off. Yep, that's the ones. With the, the printer ones. that sounded like a machine, go. Yep, 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 absolutely. And
0: just to be completely derailing, uh, I saved a copy of Macworld Magazine. I still have it, where they wrote, uh, gave you the equations to put in conditional formatting to create essentially a green bar report. So you can have stripes mm-hmm. on your, on your, uh, uh content at all times that no matter what you do to the page it'll always look like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we we used to judge our assignments in Java one and it was literally CS101 by how high we had to hold our arms up when we let the foldy paper drop. You know? it reached the floor from my <laughs> waist. Oh it'll reach it'll reach the floor all the way from as high as I can hold it. My solution's clearly better than yours. Saying, not necessarily <laughs> <laughs> that's not how programming works. Alright, but cool. Okay. Okay. So So today we're just going to finish off the utilities. Now I say finish off, we're going to finish our first look at the utilities and we will circle back to them after we discover the page layout, which is the third leg of the stool. After we do that third leg, we're going to circle right back to here because that third leg is going to open up even more coolness than I've been letting you see so far. This is even cooler than you think it is. And I think you already like it.
0: You know what's going to happen, Bart? You're going to make me redesign my theme. You're just going to drag me into your madness. <laughs> We're
1: done I here. can't promise it won't happen, but I do promise I'm not going to try. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a subtle difference oh, there. I it promise.
0: is by stealth.
1: There we go. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> um, so the, solution, the challenge I set last time was quite straightforward to take the recipe I'd asked you to write for the previous challenge and use what we learned... The utilities we learned last time to make it look a little bit nicer, and also in preparation for our the next sec the next leg of the stool, to incorporate into your recipe some extra HTML elements that you didn't that we didn't have before. I think I asked you for a bulleted list, a figure, a definition list, and a block quote. I think is what I asked for. Uh,
0: yeah, you actually did ask for a table as well, and I don't see a table in
1: yours. Uh, there is you just may not see it the your ingredients one yes my ingredients are a table okay they're not a very exciting table in fact they're quite a boring table (laughs) my table's
0: way prettier than yours yeah
1: i've been kind of ignoring it until we get to the table bit Uh, anyway so my solution is in the zip file which is clearly labeled i hope at the top of the introduction yes i found it excellent um, for the most part, I didn't do anything terribly exciting. Um, I uh, decided to jazz up my did you know box sort of to demonstrate my wonderful mastery of the colours and borders and roundy things that we learned. So that's sort of the first thing I jazzed up. And then I think I used a text-danger dash on the bit that says absolutely don't forget the salt to cucumbers or you get mush instead of food. Uh, which I think is important. And I think I used, uh, I marked the description as secondary and the instructions as primary, just to do a little bit more. Uh, And then I included the block quote as a quotation from the wonderful American chef. And that's not a word that you hear people say too often because some people think that Americans can't cook and that's horse poop. Uh (laughs) Uh, Julia Child is one of the (laughs) best cooks in the world ever. And uh, Julia Child... Is actually the person who put me onto the concept that you can cook with cucumbers. They're not just for salads. Uh, interesting. And she has a quotation which explains in quite flowery language why you need to salt the cucumber because otherwise you get mush, and mush is not the intention of this recipe. Oh,
0: interesting. So I figured can if you I don't tell you believe what my me, quote was, go on. Can I tell you my quote was "Popcorn, it's not just for breakfast anymore" by Alison Sheridan.
1: <laughs> which begs the question: When was it for breakfast?
0: <laughs> It's oh well yeah <laughs> I eat it. Uh, you eat it every meal sometimes of the day. sometimes twice sometimes twice a day. When I stand up, popcorn falls out of my clothes.
1: So. <laughs> I have I, I think you may be subconsciously influencing me by stealth because I have become a huge popcorn eater and I used to never eat the stuff. Oh nice, it's gorgeous stuff. Anyway, um, and then for a definition list, I decided to go with a glossary, which you very thankfully put me onto just before we hung up the call last time because I was having terrible trouble figuring out what I would do. And for the bulleted list, I went with a list of all the equipment you might need, and that's how oh, I, I got my elements okay. in.
0: Actually, I think I might have chosen the same thing. What did I do for the bulleted list? No, I use that reasons to make this recipe. Why that's Why good. popcorn is good? Why olive oil popcorn is good for you?
1: <laughs> I guess. Uh, how much worse is coconut uh, coconut oil popcorn?
0: Oh, it's horrible for you. Oh. Yeah, no, coconut coconut oil is not good for you. Go Go oh. extra light olive oil. The the regular olive oil is is really disgusting on on popcorn. It's strongly but flavored. Light, yeah, yeah. It's so it isn't actually lower calories, but it's actually it's actually much be, much much
1: much better for you. Well, if it's not lower calories, would canola work? Canola's kind of a very well, what's flavor. What's wrong
0: with olive oil? You want it a monounsaturated if you're going to eat as much of it as I
1: do. Uh, I, I don't care what is what you do. <laughs> you know, just because well, you know, olive oil. I, I buy really nice olive oil, but it's very strongly flavored. Whereas canola yeah. is sort of my I don't want this to taste of anything oil.
0: Uh, well, you, you got to try the olive oil; it's crazy good. But let me ask you an okay. actual uh, bootstrap question. Okay. So, I when I was uh, when I was working on my little table, so I, I put my ingredients into a table. So mm-hmm. I've got a quantity column and an ingredient column. I, I I hope people will appreciate my recipe. My ingredients are like quantity one, big pot, <laughs> popcorn, some. Olive oil, some.
1: Actually, no, you said Uh, as much as you want is actually what you said, which made me laugh.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Enough to cover the bottom of the pot. Big pot. Um, So, But here was my actual question. I found that I had to do stuff to every TD. So, like, I wanted the text-centered... And so I had to say td class equals text center border td class text mm-hmm. center border on oh, no, no no no. I had to do it. so I had to type that four or five times that seems like a big waste of time
1: right because I ha- because we only know half of one leg of a four legged stool ah,
0: so the okay. next leg
1: is how to make standard HTML elements work better so stay tuned okay. so the reason I haven't okay. done anything to my table is because I know what's coming and I'm waiting until <laughs> okay. we learn to do it the easy way.
0: Okay. Which is well, cheating, I, of course. I think, right, but I think it's good I went through the tedious way. So in my theme, I've got a child theme, I would have added CSS to say, okay, I'm going to add a class that says, you know, table uh, table center is my class name. And it says, okay, I always make this stuff centered.
1: Yes. And Bootstrap has utility classes, or not utility classes, Bootstrap has classes for dealing with tables. And those classes allow you uh-huh. to do all the common things you might want to do with tables. And you would apply those classes at the table tag, and it would then have effects on the entire table.
0: Yeah, I tried to do that at the table tag with stuff like setting borders and that pr3 and pl2 and all yeah, that, but, and it didn't work.
1: Yes, because tables are not t- tables are special. Okay. okay, tables are special. I, I can literally. wait.
0: Yeah, I'm, I can wait. I'm, I'm just glad I found something to dislike that there's a problem, a solution to. That's cool. Yes. Okay. So
1: basically, you're, you're you're on the wrong leg. Right. Um, So for this time, we're very, very similar to last time. We're going to learn about some more utility. So I've created some HTML with lots of empty class um, attributes... And then we're going to populate those with new cool Bootstrap classes that we learn about. So that is available as a interactive playground over on Bootply. That is available as pbs45a.html in the zip file. And the code is in the blog post. So you have lots of options. Right. So you can run it in CodeRunner. You can run it on Bootply. Whatever you like. Great. And so as we start, it contains... No Bootstrap whatsoever, so it is just a really, it's just some really, really basic HTML, and then we're gonna we're gonna make it less basic as we go along.
0: So, so the, again, you said that was fifty four a fifty four a yes. So fifty
1: four b is if you want to sneak ahead to the final result of everything we're going to learn today.
0: No, I'm not going to read ahead.
1: Yes, so fifty four b is just everything we do in the examples put into one file. Okay. Okay. So the first utility we're going to talk about today is the display utilities. And I was like, yeah, this was some time ago. I wonder what the installment number was. Nine. We're going back to installment nine. When we talked
0: about the display property? Wow. Yeah.
1: So there's a CSS property named display, and we talked all about it in installment nine, when they were still in single digits.
0: Okay, so I'm not going to be able to remember that.
1: No, so let's give you a quick primer. So we learned way back then that by default... Most HTML tags are either inline tags, like, say, the strong tag or the EM tag or the span tag that you so dislike. Or there are (laughs) block-level tags, like paragraph heading, block quote, you know. So a block-level tag sits in the flow of the page. Remember we were saying it's like uh, little blocks made of helium that try to float up? So a block-level tag is one of the big rectangles that make up the structure of the page. And the inline tags are something that affects a piece of text. Does that ring any bells?
0: It it rings bells. I'm always confused on it. But yes, absolutely. I remember hearing about that and thinking, better forget this one. But okay. Okay. So the
1: CSS property for controlling how a particular element is displayed is the display property. And you could use raw CSS to do everything Bootstrap does. That's true of everything Bootstrap does. But in this case, Bootstrap provides you with some utilities to save you remembering the syntax. So if you want to have something display as a block, it's d-block. If you want to have a display inline, it's d-inline. If you want to have a display as inline block, which is how certain things... It's how you put a block and make an entire block behave like it's a letter within some text. We we use it to make a cartouche, I believe, in the example, and I believe our clock might be inline block. Images are inline block. Anyway, um, it's d inline dash block. And if you want to make something vanish, you say d dash none, which means do not display this thing at all. Ah, okay. So a display of none just poof, it vanishes. And so they are four nice little bootstrap classes for those four basic display properties. So by default. An H, a heading tag is a block level tag. So if you say H whatever and you put some text and then you say P and then you put some text, the heading will be above the paragraph. The heading will be one rectangle that is the full width of the page even though the text may not go all the way over. If you give it a background, you'll see the background stretch all the way over. And then the paragraph is another block of text that takes up the full width of the page. So there are two blocks by default. Right. But right. We, we have the power to say I don't care about defaults. So if we take, in this case, let's take the aside from our PBS 54A. So it contains an aside tag. And that aside tag is just a little note. So one of the things I included is a quotation of one of my favorite poems. And it's by a a poet who grew up close to where I grew up. And the poem is uh, is canal is um, ooh what's it be? lines written on a seat on the Grand Canal. And one of the things he says in the poem is basically he wants when he dies he wants to be remembered with a seat next to the canal. And the nice part hmm. of the story is that that is exactly how it is remembered. There is a bench next to Aww. the Grand Canal in Dublin City Center, and on that bench, taking up one third of the bench, is a statue of Patrick Kavanagh. So you can go sit next to him. Read his poem, looking at the view he was describing in the poem. And I I just love that. Oh, neat. Neat. So I put a, you know, I figured I want an aside. That'll do as an aside. So it's just an aside. It says, note, Kavanagh got his wish. He is commemorated, blah, 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 blah. So the aside tag contains an H3 that says note. And then it contains a paragraph that actually says, Kavanagh got his wish. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and by default, of course, that means that the heading, the note appears on one line and the paragraph appears below it. But an aside should probably be nice and compact. So I actually still want notes to be an obvious heading and I still want it to be marked up as a heading. I still want my semantics to make sense, but I want it to be displayed in line. So all I do is I say on the H3, I put D dash in line and on the P, I put D dash in line. And hey, Presto. Why do you
0: have to say it on both? Well, because I want them both that's... inlined. Does this, by definition, put them in line with each other? Because no. they're inside the same cl- aside.
1: They're okay. So then, then they be yes, exactly. So then they become inside the same aside. Well, they are inside the same aside, but instead of each of them becoming a full width thing, they just become something inside the aside. So if either of them is still a block, then whatever one is still a block. Like as soon as you're a block, you go. Imagine like you're inflating a balloon. and it'll Go and it will just spread out. So if either of them are a block then that one will take up the full width. And if that one takes up the full width, well, then it can't sit next to the other one. I I
0: guess I would think of this more as as it makes there not be a carriage return in between them or paragraph between them. That's what it feels like to me. Like it just got rid of that. That is what it visually
1: looks like. Yeah. And that is what I was trying to achieve. So that's a perfectly good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they're still... So in
0: line, meaning they're in line. They're not on separate lines. Exactly. They're in line. Exactly.
1: Yes, and so if you do that, if you put those two inlines in, and then you load it up in the uh, in the little playpen or whatever we're calling our sandbox or playground—I can't remember what I called it—but whatever we're calling it—if <laughs> uh, you do that, you will see that the aside is now taking up much less space because it's you know the note has now gone next to the text, and in my example, I decided to continue to make use of all the other stuff we've already learned um, and also. Um, Added in just a few of the little bits and pieces to make it look better, so I gave it a class of text muted BG light border rounded P two M three. Just yeah. I really
0: like the Ps and the Ms. They made I me super P's. happy.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are so getting that
0: padding and 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 I'm not sure. I I don't think in my lifetime I'm ever going to know which one's which. But it's real easy. You put one in if it's a wrong one, you change it to the other letter. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Precisely. <laughs> Maybe someday I'll letter. notice a pattern, but still, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I must see if I can come up. Actually, dear listeners, if you can come up for a mnemonic for remembering that it's content padding border margin, if you can find some sort of rhyme or something to help us remember content padding border margin, then we we will thank you very much. (laughs) So the next very useful utility I want to mention is the vertical alignment utilities, because anything that is inline, so anything that's displayed as inline block, sorry, Let me say that again. Anything that's displayed as inline block has to be somehow put relative to the text around it. And one of the relatives, you know, basically, do I... Like on an old copybook, does it rest on the line? Or do I centre it? Or do I align it with the bottom of the Y's? Or do I align it with the top of the B's? Well, what hmm. do I do with it, right? And so you may remember that we, we have the ability to do that in raw CSS Well, there's also bootstrap classes which have very sensible names. Align dash baseline is basically the equivalent of putting it on the copybook line. Align dash top, sixes at the top. Align dash middle, sixes at the middle. Align dash bottom, sixes at the bottom. Align dash text top, sixes at the top of the B's. And align dash text bottom, sixes at the bottom of the Y's if you get what I mean.
0: So, I just tested that, uh, tested this idea, and it sort of did the opposite of what I thought. So, you've got your note that's an H3 tag, and then you've got the paragraph text. Mm -hmm. And so, they both have D-inline. So, I did on the Okay, but they're not inline block.
1: So, okay, so vertical alignment affects inline blocks and TDs inside tables are the places where vertical align comes into play. So, your table would be a place to experiment with this. Shoot.
0: Well, it does something. I got news for you.
1: <laughs> it may do something, but I can't pro- I can't I can't give you a sensible answer of what it might do because it's
0: Okay, so now I'm stuck again on what an inline block is. So I understand what inline is now. Right. So and inline block is a thing that takes a block is a thing that takes up the whole space. Inline is where they can share a line. How can it be inline and block at the same time?
1: Okay, so imagine a block that doesn't stretch to fill the whole space, but instead behaves as if it was an image. The way I always think of an inline block is pretend it's a picture, and then it makes sense. So if I put an image into some text, and I don't float the image or do something else, the image just appears with the text as if it's a giant, big character. That's what an inline block does. And because it appears in line with the text as if it was a single, giant, big letter... Then you gotta decide where do I put it relative to the text in the up and down direction, and that's where vertical align comes in. So it's for anything that's inline block. You gotta decide where it sits on the line because it's pretending to be the world's biggest letter. So inline block is the world's biggest letter. That's that's how I would think of it.
0: Okay. Or a picture. Um, so it, I can do inline block on your on your same kind of example. So you've got mm-hmm. the word note, and it's an h three. So yes. it's this great big word. So make it. And you got block. a bunch of text. Yeah, so I just did that. Okay. Uh, when I so let me just describe it again for the audience. So we've got this word note is an H three. So it's a great big word. It says eight, mm-hmm. says note, and then it's got a bunch of very nice little text afterwards that's on the same line. Mm-hmm. When I tell the the H three to be a line dash top, mm-hmm. it doesn't it moves the text it, it holds the H three still and it takes the paragraph text and moves it up to the top of the note.
1: Right, so that that mean align top means that the top of the inline block should align with the top of the normal flow of the text, so the tops should come into line. So yeah, align top means that the tops have come it, right? into line. Okay. So that is what you're describing to me—that the tops have come into line.
0: Yeah. It it just it seemed odd that the thing that moved was the uh the the paragraph text but i guess that's the only way
1: that's all relative allison
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it is so um when i do it the other way around if i say align dash bottom you said oh i know what i need to do i need to put a y in that in the it needs to be notey so i can see where the bottom of the y is yep there it is aligned with that i'm like nope it's way below it but that's because it didn't have a y yeah still looks a little below it yeah, well, yeah, middle is more
1: useful, to be honest. I, I, if I'm going to vertical align something, either baseline or middle. So baseline I'm means make, the imaginary this line. This does of the make it book. look stupid. <laughs> yes, it does.
0: <laughs> okay. There are uses I always experiment figure out what it means, yeah. Yeah, no, okay. but
1: perfect. That, that is literally why I made the playground. This is exactly what I was hoping you would do. Cool. Okay. So the next thing we always, we learned about even further back in time, jump back in the Wayback Machine and go back one more to installment eight. I'm going all the way back to so much killing eight. me here, Bart. <laughs> we learned about a CSS property named position, and position is used to take thing to take block level elements in or out of the normal flow of the document. So the normal flow of the document is one block floating up to the top of the screen and then the next one floating up and the next one floating up and that's the normal flow of the document. So the, the first heading tag is at the top and then the next paragraph below it and then the next heading below that. Yeah, so I always say imagine our helium balloons floating up. Uh, that is normal positioning which is called static positioning. You can decide to rip elements out of the normal flow of the page and do something else. Oof. One of those something else's was position absolute, which means that we are now going to position you relative to the document as a whole. So 0, becomes the top left corner, and then you can position relative to that, which is called position uh, absolute. It's called position absolute, but you're relative to the origin.
0: Relative to the origin, right. Because position relative is going to be something else. It is going to be be something else. Position
1: relative means... Lift me vaguely out of the flow of the document, but don't don't collapse my space. Leave my space where it is and just move me up a little, down a little, left a little, or right a little. Relative mm. to my normal position in the document. So basically it's an okay. offset from the normal position in the document. That's position relative. And then position fixed is again, rip me clean out of the normal flow of the document. And don't position me relative to the page. Position me relative to the screen which is called the viewport in Fancy Pants uh, CSS language. So stick me to the top of the screen or the left of the screen or the bottom of the screen or the middle of the screen. So as I scroll, my position doesn't change because I'm not positioned relative to the page, I'm positioned relative to the screen. And that's position fixed. Hmm. So those annoying notes that stay right where they are as you scroll, that's position fixed. And it is 90% of the time used to be annoying. It can be useful for a menu or something that follows you around. We are using
0: cross-site scripting and we plan on tracking you around the internet. Don't you dare click on anything or we're
1: going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, So I mean, yes. So a lot of the time position fixed is abused. Um, There is also a newfangled fashion has appeared because CSS3 gave us something really cool that I didn't tell you about in installment date. Uh, But I'm going to tell you about it now for the simple reason that it's hard to do manually but it's easy to do with Bootstrap. There is a fashion you may have noticed on the internet where you have a page header or something which behaves as normal until you scroll beyond a certain point and then it just sort of stops being in the document and sticks to the screen instead and then when you scroll up it sort of falls off and stays behind where it came from. So it's basically some of the time positioned fixed, or sorry, positioned static, and some of the time positioned fixed, depending on where you've mm. scrolled to. Yeah. And that's called sticky positioning. And you can enable that by just saying position-sticky. Um, but that's kind of annoying, because then it's still up to you to do all the other CSS. Bootstrap gives you something called sticky-top which means skip, that it will. You skip two other. things. I did skip two others. I was going to silently root back to them in a moment.
0: Oh, okay, all right. Shh. I didn't mention that.
1: So sticky dash top. What does that do? So as you, do sticky dash top on the header at the top of the page. Actually, no. Do it to the div that says if I was if we had cookies, I would warn you about them here. So give it a um, sticky dash top. If we had, it's the very very first element on the page. Mm. Oh, if this page used cookies. If this okay. page used cookies, yeah. <laughs> they said if we
0: had cookies and I got hungry. Uh, <laughs> okay. So put
1: a sticky top into that and see what happens. Okay. So initially okay. you're going to see no change. Now scroll. Uh, but, well, that's weird. Everything scrolls
0: on top of it and it sticks right there.
1: Right. So now do that maybe with something a little bit further down the page. So on, take the sticky top out of that little notice and now do it on something a little bit further down the page. So
0: I tried it on my aside and it didn't seem... To, nothing seems
1: to, None of this stuff seems to be affecting the aside. Until you scroll past it. The position of the scroll bar affects the behaviour of something with a sticky position. So until you scroll past it, it stays where it should be in the flow of the document. And when you scroll past it, it sticks to the top of the screen. So basically, it's like as you're scrolling down the page, you collect it. It's like, think of it as having a magnet. So it stays in the normal flow of the page until the top of the screen hits it, and then it goes katunk and comes with you. And then when you scroll back yeah. up, it stays behind where it originally came from. It's not
0: doing that. Is that because I told it to be a D-inline block?
1: Oh, possibly, yes. You're Yes, okay. because it needs to be a D-sticky for it to do that. If you're going to give it okay. a D at all, so don't give it a D at all. Take take the D's out. Mm,
0: position sticky on the h3 class does nothing at all.
1: Okay, let me try here because it works It works for me on the div perfectly because I tested it before.
0: Yeah, it worked on it worked on that first one.
1: Okay, uh, okay, but don't do okay. So don't use the stuff because the h3 also we've been positioning it and stuff. So do, use. it No, I got rid of
0: everything. It just says h3 class equals position sticky. That's all it's got.
1: Okay, but it should be sticky top. So sticky-top is what uh, I asked you to put in. Well, if you put p-sticky, then you have to do the other CSS. Okay,
0: position sticky was what I thought we were doing. Okay. No. Okay.
1: So sticky top on the H3. Now, the H3 will be very weird because that That's means... it's
0: weird. It eventually, it eventually leaves.
1: Right. So as you scroll by it, it collects to the top of the screen. And as you scroll back up, it falls off exactly where it came from.
0: No, as I keep going up it as soon as the paragraph goes by it it sticks inside the aside inside right. back where it, it came from
1: if you're scrolled where, where it's nor- okay if your scroll bar is showing its nor- if its normal home on the document is on screen, it will be in its normal home, and if its normal home is off screen it will be stuck to the top
0: no it's not. So, the that's what I'm saying. The uh, as soon as the aside scrolls by, then the H3 disappears. But as when the when part of the aside is still showing, the, the H3 sticks to the top. So, it's sort of doing half of both. Uh, Almost like the H the the aside is is getting precedence since it's not sticky top. But if I make that sticky top.
1: Yeah, if you make the whole aside sticky top, it behaves as I would expect. Like you said,
0: yes, yes. But but if you only make the H uh, three class sticky top, it does something weirder. It's like partially stays stays with you. Oh, and until it
1: gets fed up. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm, I'm, like, I'm, the, I'm the hanging about goes. and I'm gone now.
0: But now I'm obeying my aside.
1: Okay, so that aside is acting as a container for the sticky top. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. It is kind of interesting.
1: I've never played with Sticky Top because it's very new, very experimental, and doesn't work in some browsers from Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the Bootstrap so documentation sur- says if you use Sticky Top in Microsoft brow- in browsers that don't support it, it will behave like position relative. So in other words, it will just always be in its normal home. Ah. So they thought of that, which is nice of them. So the two things so that- I
0: back up a little bit uh mm-hmm. position absolute wait uh was it position absolute was the one that's at zero zero
1: yeah so position absolute is the one where it's zero zero within its container and the default container is the page but as soon as you make something position relative it becomes the default container for everything inside it but i didn't we talked about all that in detail in, in installment date so i didn't quite want to confuse you with that little subtlety
0: okay because it I can't get it to do what I thought it would do, so I don't really understand what it is. But th- okay. I guess I can go back.
1: Well, I was going to say the position absolute is only useful if you also then add in some extra CSS to say where you want it to go. So position absolute says so expe- s- rip me out of the normal flow of the document, and then you 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 would do something like style equals top colon five hundred px or whatever.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, if you don't want to go through it, it does all kinds of weird stuff. But uh, uh, so now the two things you skipped over,
1: yeah. So if you're going to go position fixed, generally speaking, what you were going to want is to fix it to the top of the screen or the bottom of the screen. There are two really common use cases for position fixed, and so Bootstrap, being a helpful collection of utilities, has done that for you. So position dash fixed dash top will stick it to the top of the screen, and position dash fixed dash bottom will stick it to the bottom of the screen.
0: I hate to be a pest, but that doesn't seem to do anything. Um, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, no, that doesn't seem to move anything anywhere when I try it. I've tried it in a couple of different places. So, like, if we go back to our our aside, let's Mm -hmm. say, and we stick it in there, I would expect that thing to pop to the top. And it it doesn't do anything.
1: Yeah, I'm having a little bit of trouble with that. Did I typo that? I
0: didn't copy paste, I typed it myself, so I could have typoed it, but
1: Yeah, but if I type with it and you copied my typo.
0: No, I said I didn't copy it. I said I no, typed no, but it if, myself. If
1: you, you know, right, but if I'm wrong and you're and you perfectly correctly transcribed it, it's still not gonna oh, work. It,
0: it might be different words.
1: That's exactly what I mean.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. I thought you meant like swap the I and the O in position or something.
1: No, no, I was in I may have just got it wrong. <laughs>
0: Well, a good time to find out. Live on the air. Well, no, it's better It's better than if you told him wrong and then we have to go back and stick something in front and says, okay, that part where he said this, that's not that's right. That's
1: true. So, if so I, go, I, will, I will vamp all he looks.
0: Oh, yeah, we should look it up in utilities, right?
1: So into utilities, into position, skip down to position. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's the typo. It's nowhere near as complicated as I thought. It's just fixed bottom. Not position fixed bottom. Just just oh. fixed bottom. Just fix your bottom. <laughs>
0: now that'll be the only one I can remember. Yeah, so I'm going to... Oh, look at that.
1: It's stuck to the bottom. Or fixed up. So thought- I'm going to fix that typo straight away because that's far too big of a one to have just hanging yeah. around there.
0: Okay, now let's do one of that. Okay, cool. I too can make my... Uh, uh, when I start doing... Uh, Third-party cookie tracking to you. I too can put one of those annoying things.
1: Yep, you now have the power. Just fix it to your bottom. Or By the way, top. I did not <laughs> watch your language, young man.
0: Um, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't actually read that. That's the example you're going to use. It's the one that came to mind immediately because I right. see it all the time now.
1: Especially now that it's GDPR month.
0: <laughs> exactly. Everywhere. Right, so okay.
1: That's that typo fix live on air. This, this, folks, is how sausages get made. Um, But that was a good one to fix. It was a good one to fix. And actually, we've been doing very well at this because reading the docs together has proved very useful twice now in a row. I am reminded of Jeff Gamut on the Apple Context Machine where every time they do this, they go, sausage making, sausage making. Anyway, Mm. sausage being made. So where was I in my own show notes, which I've now completely lost?
0: We're about to come down to size utilities now.
1: Size utilities. Okay, great. So the other thing you often want to do is change the size of things. that That's a very common thing to want to do. And so Bootstrap has kindly provided us with some very well-named utilities for changing the size of things. So the it's basically a dimension minus a value. And the the valid dimensions are W for width, H for height, MW for max width, and MH for max height. And the valid values are 25 for 25%, 50 for 50%, 75 for 75%, 100 for 100%, and auto for the CSS special value, auto. Hmm. So if you want to make, so let's combine, let's take our block quote in our example, and let us make it be only three quarters the width of the page. That's a good way to make something stand out, is to shrink it to three quarters of the width. And we will combine that with something we learned about last week but didn't really find it useful, which is M dash auto. So instead of you had M one to five and then auto. Well, M auto means just take half, distribute the margin each side, which is a fancy way of saying center it. So if we say block quote class equals W75 M auto, then we will get our block quote going in the middle. And I also added border, rounded, and P3 to make it look good.
0: Okay, I am getting lost on where...
1: So with the block quote tag.
0: Oh, I know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> Never mind. I'm down here at the end of the block quote. I'm oh, slash block quote going, well, he doesn't have anything like that. What is he talking about? Okay, so I'm back up to the block quote now. Okay, there we go.
1: Um, so in fact, if you give it the border around and the P3 first before you do the other stuff, then you'll, you'll physically see the block quote, more easily, because it'll have a rounded border. And then if you pop in just the W75 without the M-auto, you'll see what that does. Uh,
0: Just the M-auto, you said?
1: Okay, so start off with just border-rounded P3, and then you're going to physically see. So now you can see that the block quote by default is taking up the full width. Yes? Yes. Uh, So now if you put in the W-75... You should see it um, now becomes three quarters the width, but it's not in a particularly pretty way because you just have this empty space over to the right. Oh, oh, I, um. So leave the board. Leave boy, the board around. I don't around follow d- what that did.
0: So putting in W dash seventy five moved it over to the right.
1: Okay, so putting in. Uh, well it should now be okay so the border is showing you how big it is it should now be three quarters the width of the page mm,
0: there could be it's got space on both sides
1: and did you put in the M auto or not because without the M auto I did okay so take the M auto out okay and now you'll see that by default if you just make something narrower there you we go just make it narrower
0: okay okay
1: and, and then the M auto is saying take whatever free space there is and use half of it for each margin
0: Oh, oh, I got you. I got you now. Okay. So,
1: so if you made that a W50... centering it. Yeah. yeah. If you made that a W50, the margin would be bigger, but it would still be distributed evenly left and right. So M yeah. auto basically means balance me out.
0: Right, right. Okay, there we go.
1: Got it's, it. And so that is a very yeah. nice way of making something more obvious, like a quotation. And you'll see that in mm-hmm. a lot of books, right? When they're quoting someone, it's just, it's chunked in on both sides. And that's how you do yeah. that with bootstrap. Yeah. Now, the next one I really thought of you. I really, really thought of you um, because you're always wanting to float things. And you're dead right too, oh. because floating things are nice. I love like um, floating. So, it will not surprise you that there are float utilities and they are very well named. Float-left, float-right and float-none. By the way, you might want to say what float means. So when you float something, you take it out of the normal flow of the document so that it's now hovering above, well, it's it's now the text sees it and moves around it, but it's actually sort of hovering in some sort of limbo where the paragraph still exists underneath the float, but the text won't bash into a floaty thing.
0: It floats around, like the little dog in in, um, in, in Microsoft Word. Word. Yes, exactly when you're like try, that. You're pressing the little button, shows the dog of how it floats around it, except in this case it's a rectangle.
1: Exactly. And so you can either go left or right or none. And so which float means don't left float.
0: means the thing is to the left and the text is to the right.
1: Yeah. So the thing is to the left and the text wraps around it. So if you're floating, right. text wraps around you and then you can either float to the left or float to the right. And one of the most annoying things with floating is that by default, CSS and HTML, etc., is very dumb about floats. So imagine you have a section of your web page where your blog post goes, and below that you have a footer. And you have a really tall image which you floated to the right, but a very short paragraph of text. Mm -hmm. What generally Mm -hmm. tends to happen by default is that the image that you floated to the right bashes through the bottom of the section of your theme where your content goes and destroys your footer. Or it bashes through the bottom of your paragraph and stomps on the heading below that you really wanted to have below the image, but it didn't work out that way. It generally breaks out of things. By default, floats bash through the bottom of their containers. And that breaks things in all sorts of ways. And Hmm. normally, it's a real pain in the backside to deal with that. But Bootstrap has written a CSS class for you that will take care of that behavior. Uh, The class is named ClearFix, and you don't apply it to the thing that's floating. You apply it to the thing that you don't want floats to break out of. So if you don't want a float to go out of the div that contains your blog post in your theme, then you would put the ClearFix on the div, and then nothing will ever float through the bottom of that. Hmm. (laughs)
0: float through the bottom that's a funny it is
1: but that is how that is what floats do they poke out through the bottom of things unless you clear fix the thing that's containing them and then the thing that's containing them will stretch to the bottom of the float which is actually what you mostly want okay so clear fix goes on the container and then the container will stretch to fill as much room as needed to contain its floats
0: okay are we going to do an example on that uh or no, I couldn't. No, <laughs> I, <Okay. laughs> I. I, put I can it intellectually in. understand it. I don't quite see where it would go, but that's okay. I can play around with it. Yeah.
1: Okay. Now, the next thing that CSS three brought along is it made it much easier to lay things out with the invention of flex boxes. Flex boxes are amazing. But I do this... remember you talking about those. Yeah, and you've used them. Uh, Word... Podfeet.com dot uses lots of flex boxes. Um, yeah your homepage with those nice icons that's a flex they're flexboxes oh now, I, were, your I theme, didn't write that I was going to say your theme, theme did developer that. did that but your theme developer yeah. is using the wonderful flexbox feature flexboxes go side origin side origin flexboxes everywhere on the modern internet because it was something we were crying out for if you see like multiples of little thumbnail-y things next to each other in a row and it's all nicely laid out it's almost certainly a flexbox these days mm. flexboxes rock the problem is the CSS for Flexbox is head-explodingly annoying. Oh. Unless you use Bootstrap. Hmm. So to make something be... So the way a Flexbox works, we, did, we covered this in Installment 9. Installment 9 was a really good installment by the looks of things. <laughs> um, A flex box. So the way Flex works is that you, you say to CSS or to the web browser, whatever you want to describe it, that something is a Flex container... And then everything inside it is a flex item. So a flex container contains flex icons. And the job of the flex container... Flex is to icons to, or flex, flex items? Items. Apologies, my bad. Okay. That's a, okay. a verbal typo. speak <laughs> Taco. Taco. Oh, want a taco. Um, <laughs> oh, no, you want tacos. Anyway, I
0: could hear that coming. So okay, things, so if a, flex, a flex... A flex container flex, contains flex, flex items.
1: items, and its job is okay. to lay those flex items out nicely. Okay, so in the case of podfeet.com, you're all those different po- uh, podcasts with a nice icon and then the text underneath it. The icon with the text is a flex icon. The icon next to it with its text is another flex icon, item. And then the next one is another flex item. And the flex box is invisible in your case. It doesn't have an obvious border. But it contains mm-hmm. all of them. And then its job is to lay them out equally spaced apart from each other and nicely, nicely presented. And as you resize the browser window, they behave sensibly. That's Instead so th- of you using stupid tables precisely 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 instead of abusing tables for things that are Mm -hmm. not tabular data which was the old way of doing it because there was nothing better now you can use a flex box so a flex box is a container which contains items and if you're doing it in real css you have to do both you have to say you have to give a display dash flex to the flex container and then you have to give uh i think it's flex dash item I can't even remember the bloody syntax it's so annoying but each flex item has to be explicitly given CSS to become a flex item Bootstrap doesn't bother its backside with any of that kind of stuff you just simply put flex dash d dash flex onto the flex container and Bootstrap is written in such a way that all of its direct children not its grandchildren its direct children become flex items which is exactly what a sane human being would want what wait, what's the D for? Display. So just display. like we had display fixed, display absolute, we have display flex. D
0: Okay. I'm not seeing this part in the show notes. I've flexbox utilities.
1: Listening. I'm in there. Okay, third paragraph, third line.
0: I see flex row. Ah,
1: there it is. Okay. Okay. So flex boxes can go side to side or up and down. Um Side to side is used 99.9% of the time, but up and down does exist. Uh, And so if you want to go side to side explicitly, you say flex-row. And if you want to go up and down, you say flex-column. And it will lay things out up and down instead of side to side. Uh, Once you've decided on which way you're going, left or right or up or down, uh, the next thing you're going to want to do is decide, what do I do with the empty space? right? So in the case of podfeed.com, you have your X number of little icons. And then there's empty space. And as you resize the browser, that empty space shrinks and grows. So the question right. is, where do I want the empty space to go? And that's called justifying your flex box. Uh, and so uh, Bootstrap gives you the class justify content start, which says put all of the icon, all of the flex items to the start and have all the empty space on the end. That may be so useful like in some situations. like
0: four boxes in a row with an empty, empty space at the right?
1: Yeah. Now in the case of your nice website that wouldn't make sense, but it might make sense in other situations. You may just want stuff to collect at the front of the line. Okay. Maybe a diagram of you know you, you may want to have them collect over on the on that side. You also have justify content end, which is the inverse of that. Collect them all over on the end and have the empty space at the front. Okay. Uh justify content centered bunches them together so there's no empty space between the items. They're smacked together, but the empty space is halved left and right. Okay. The next one then is justify content between. That sounds like the good one. No, it's almost a good one. The empty space (laughs) is equally divided into the gaps between items. But there's no empty space front or back. So the first item is smashed against the edge, and the last item is smashed against the edge. And then the empty space is divided in the gaps.
0: I actually usually want something like that. That's like full justified text.
1: Right? Yes, it's, it is. You yeah, think okay. fills
0: the width, and then it but the gaps go as you shrink.
1: Okay, so okay. that's okay. So that's between, and then the last one is what you would have on podfeet.com, actually, which is content around, which means that uh, if you imagine the empty space, one unit of it goes between each icon, and half a unit goes in the front, and half a unit goes in the back. Okay, and co- for stuff like the icons on your website's homepage. Uh, justify content around looks better than justify content between, but in a lot of situations, between is also very useful. Okay. And so basically, you've now decided it's easy I want go... to keep track of exactly. So basically, your first decision is: do I go left to right or up or down? And then your next decision is: do I stick stuff to the start or the end? And so if you're going up and down, the start means the top, and if you're going left and right, the start means the left.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, the next thing you might want to do. Is, what do we do? Um, hang on. Piece of controller, I have flex items behave. Okay. So, if we're going across, so if we have said we want to flex row, and imagine mm-hmm. that your icons are not all the same height. So, in the case of your homepage, they are the same height. So, this question doesn't and really that's arise.
0: not easy. I had to do a lot of work to make sure they were the same size. Okay. Because they weren't to start with.
1: Ah, okay. Well, if you were using Bootstrap and they were not the same size, you would not be in any sort of trouble because Bootstrap gives you utilities to decide what do I do with this variability in height. So if you're going across, the question is, what do I do in the up or down direction? And if you're going up and down, the question is, what do I do in the left or right direction if they're not the same width as each other? But let's just stick to rows because that's what most people do at boxes. So the question then becomes, if they're not the same height as each other, what do I do? A line item's start means I stick them all to the top of the row. So their tops are lined up, but their bottoms are all jagged. A line item's end is the opposite. So the bottoms are all lined up, but their tops are all jagged. A line item's centre means that all their middles line up, and their tops and their bottoms are all jagged. Um, A line item's... Oh, I've managed to copy and paste oh, start got the second it in time. Toys, yeah. Just I just need to delete that and then say that the last one is align items stretch, which means make them all be the same height as each other. If that means that there's some empty space inside the item, so be it. That can be vertically aligned to whatever way you want to deal with it inside the flex item, but the flex items themselves will stretch to all be the same height as each other. And align items stretch is ninety nine percent of the time what you want.
0: Oh, you think? That yeah. could make your icons look all weird. Like they'll be too tall.
1: Uh okay, I wouldn't do it to the images, I'd do it to the flex items, and then I'd vertically align within that.
0: Oh. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Yes. Uh no. I just need to uh, yeah, I'll delete that later. Um okay. Uh, the other thing I that you may want it. to do, there's another utility that I didn't quite know where to put in, so I'm just going to stick it in here. So let's say that we decided we didn't like any of our options for justifying the text, or for justifying the items. We didn't want the empty space in between. We didn't want the empty space around. We actually want there to be no empty space. There's a utility class called flex-fill, which you have to apply to every flex item, and then they will, they will stretch in the... Horizontal direction if we're in a flex row, so that there is no empty space and they'll all become the same width as each other. hm, so they'll all basically become elbowy, and they'll all elbow out to be as wide as they can possibly be with equal strength, and so the end result is that they're all the same width as each other, okay. Uh, that's sort of how I imagine it anyway. They're all trying to elbow their way out and then they up just being equal widths. And that can be useful in w- some ways. Would layouts.
0: they really be equal though? If Let's say you had a, an image inside one that was twice as wide as the one to the left
1: of it. The image would bash its way through but the item would be the same width.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. Which you could then stop happening by setting scroll properties on it, right? What do I do with the overflow? I could hide the overflow and then the image would get truncated or I can scroll the overflow and then the thing would scroll. Ah, right, right. And uh, because we learned about that in the installment something something between <laughs> one and fifty four <laughs> right right um the other thing then that can happen with a flex with a flex row or a flex column is that you put more into it than that fits right so or you resize your page to the point where it doesn't fit anymore, and then your browser has to do something it's like well i have I have items here that take up at least four hundred pixels and I have 200 pixels of room, what should I do? And what it will do depends on the wrapping you have set up on the flex container. And so flex Mm. no wrap says, don't wrap, smash through the edge and stomp over everything. When you don't wrap, you smash through the edge. Hmm. What you can do then is wrap, and flex wrap basically means we'll just start another row. So this is part of mobile responsive design, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. So
0: when I like when I shrink my web page, all of a sudden the icons start going one above the other, and that's what happens automatically when you go on the phone or when you shrink the a uh, 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 browser page too small.
1: Yeah, and so if you have flex wrapping, then as it becomes too small, they will become two rows, three rows, four rows, whatever amount of rows it needs to make them fit. Okay. And if you have no wrap, they will just bash off to the side. A scroll bar would appear, and they they're just off you know, they're, they're an immovable object in the side of your browser window has just gone kind of plowing through. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. So let us do some of this in our Ooh, example. Okay. Okay. So we have, at the bottom of our little playground, we have a nav which contains an a bulleted list which contains three items, which are a giant big emoji in each case to pretend to be an icon, and then some sort of link to something. Uh, Hang
0: on. What's a nav? I don't remember nav.
1: A nav is a navigation section. So remember the HTML5 tags? We had main for the main content, section for a section, nav for navigation, uh, aside is one of those tags. Figure That was
0: in installment...
1: Between one and fifty, yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. <laughs> it just means it. It basically helps screen readers to know what something is. It behaves just okay. like a div, but it's 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 like a descriptive okay. div. You're just telling the screen reader, okay. "I am a navigation." Okay, all right. So semantic markup. You know how fond I am of that word. <laughs> so in this case we're saying this is a nav the nav contains a list and each item in the list is a link to something in this case a link to my twitter a link to my website and a link to my Flickr. and just to make okay. it look a bit more realistic but without doing any of the effort of actually finding icons i just used emoji <laughs> There
0: you go. we have some sort of weird looking bird and some sort of globe icon and an uh an old uh camera yeah. that camera's cool camera's all right it's kind of nice
1: yeah so basically that's that's what i've done uh okay. so what we need to do is we want to turn that UL into our flex container. So the first thing to make that happen is we would say D-Flex on the UL. And then it will become a flex container. To be absolutely explicit that I want it to be a horizontal one, I would say flex dash row. That's the default, but let's that's not accept that's not default. Let's let's be explicit, please. So d dash flex space flex dash row means become a flex box. And go across. Okay. And then I want, uh, I want the empty space to be distributed around each of the three items. So I've gone justify content around. Now, because I am using a list item, and because we don't know about the second leg of the stool yet, I'm now going to do a dirty hack. I need to tell my list items not to be list items, because they have a bullet point on them. Because they're list items. So I am going to use the display property to just make them be normal blocks. So I'm going to say li class equals d dash block. And all that will do is make the, the bullet vanish. Oh, that's... <laughs> that's a hack, Wait a, minute. a so, dirty hack. So why, does, is a,
0: why does that dirty hack do that again?
1: Because a bulleted list is actually... An li is actually d dash li, I think, or something. Basically... We're like,
0: telling a... a a bullet to not be a bullet.
1: Yeah, we're basically saying to the list item to pretend you're you're a div is really what we're okay. doing there. It's a dirty hack. There is a better way to do okay. this, but that's on the other leg of the stool we haven't met yet. So okay. for for today and today only, each li says pretend to be a div by saying d dash block. Right? <laughs> okay. It's a complete hack, but it works. Uh, and at that point, uh, things are looking pretty tolerable. Except for the fact that my, my emoji are really, really big text, I made them 50 point, and my text is very small text, and it doesn't look very pretty, having... It's also
0: not in a row. It's still sitting in a column, even though I've got uh, d-flex, dash flex-row.
1: dash uh, That shouldn't be true. And you've mm. put those on the UL because that that was enough to make it work for me.
0: Yeah. So, uh, wait a minute. On the UL, uh, yeah. sh- no, I thought we put it on the nav class. No, we're supposed to put it on the UL. Yes. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hold your horses. Look at that. There they are. They're in a the row now.
1: Okay. Because the children of the UL are the LI's. So the LI's each become a yeah. flex item.
0: But again, so the nav can't have that class.
1: Well, it could, but the whole UL becomes one massive flex icon. Ah, flex oh,
0: right, right, because it's the child of the nav. It's the child got of the you, nav. Got okay, got you.
1: All right. So in theory, I could have three ULs, and then those three would become flex items, so you'd have three lists next to each other. Sure. Right? You could do that. Yeah. And that actually might be useful in some situations. Like at the bottom of some people's web page, you have multiple columns that are nicely distributed. Yeah. So that would be how you would do that. Ah, okay. Okay, so right now, at this point in time, what you should have is 3 icony groups next to each other, and they're going to look silly because the emoji is huge and the text is small, and they're all sort of aligned by default along the same baseline as each other. And so it looks a bit silly. So let's fix that by taking the emoji, which is inside its own separate span, because I thought ahead, and give that span... Turn it into an inline block. So we say D dash inline dash block and then align it middle. So align middle. And hey, presto. Now the emoji is behaving like an image centered that's been vertically centered. Ah. So inside your Li, Mm -hmm. you've got
0: the link followed by the span Mm -hmm. that has the... That has the emoji in it. Yeah. And so I'm
1: taking the span that just contains the emoji and saying D inline block the span, align middle the span, and then just the emoji behaves like an image and I can vertically align it because it's now an inline block.
0: Okay. Okay. Huh. Copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste.
1: Well, just twice. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Nope. I'm going to just throw it someplace else just to see what happens.
1: And hey, presto, okay. we now have a decent-looking navigation bar. Ah. Huh. Um, this last one I'm going to mention, because this is the Nassila cast, and we take these things very seriously. Uh, Bootstrap very conveniently provides us with a utility class to make something that only a screen reader sees. It is the class hmm. sr-only, which means screen reader only.
0: Wait, so what... Uh, I was trying to get my last one to work. <laughs> Just okay.
1: okay. Um, screen reader, say that again? So there is a, there is a utility class in Bootstrap called dash only And what it does is it hides whatever you give that class to from everything that's not a screen reader. Oh, no way. So if you want to have some instructions for a screen reader or a little link to jump straight to the main content or something something that is of use to people with a screen reader that you want to give them some sort of help but you don't want to clutter up what your pay, your pretty page looks like for all those sighted people then you give mm-hmm. the thing that's there to help the the visually impaired the class sr-only and then they will get it because their screen reader will read it and you know everyone else will physically not see it it will be a display none for everyone that's not using a screen reader. So
0: you your first thought is to put something useful there. My first thought is to write jokes.
1: <laughs> that's useful.
0: <laughs> well, in my world. <laughs> so, so you wrote p class equals sr-only, uh, and then you wrote hello screen reader user inside there. But even though that's inside of a paragraph, it's not going to be visible because... That it's whole. got the sr-only
1: yeah. class. So that whole paragraph vanishes visually. But if you're using a screen reader, so if you enable um, your accessibility stuff and do your, put on your blindfold and recreate that little experiment that you did for that talk, then you will uh-huh. find that it will read Hello Screen Reader User because it is there for them. It's just not there visu- visually. I want to yeah. give them little uh, little Easter eggs. Yeah. They could have fun with this. You could have great fun with this. I love you oh, more than yeah. those sighted people. You scatter that throughout your web page. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So the <laughs> final example is nothing more than everything we've talked about, all collected together in one final document. You can find it in the zip file as pbs54b.html. Um, it is literally nothing more than what we've done together. But if you want to see it all together, all in one go, you can see the final results, which is a, semi, a relatively pretty page, which has our bits and bobs. Excellent. That was fun. Okay, good. So, homework. My brain has not
0: exploded at all, and I actually look forward to the homework.
1: Well, good. So, we're going to continue to make our recipe better, which is going to be what we're doing for quite some time, because when we move on to the second leg of the stool, we're going to make our table look better and so on and so forth. So, for today, what I'd like you to do is to find something in your recipe that defaults to being a block and make it be inline. Or vice versa. I don't really care which. Find something that you want to change its display and change its display so that you're used to, you know, the D-dash, whatever. Okay. Hmm. Make your recipe's heading stick to the top of the page when you scroll by it. So that basically you always know the name of the current recipe. So that's our sticky top. Adjust the width of the ingredients table and float it left or right. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and I'll leave it to you to decide how wide and which way. Um, if you don't already have a list of the equipment you need, create one as an unordered list. Use emoji or glyph icons, which you learned about in one of the installments, to add an icon to each one and then render them as a horizontal flex box. So you're going to want a pot sitting next to... Very little oil. A spoon, I guess. Do you need a spoon? No, no there's no spoon. No, Some sort a of pot. mitt or glove so that you don't burn your hands when you pick up the pot. I think are the only two Maybe ingredients s- you need. Possibly a stove. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> to create an apple pie from scratch, you must first create the universe. <laughs> you may have to be creative on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I chose my silly, my <laughs> silly recipe.
1: To be honest, if you can find another way to get a Flexbox in, then that is perfectly acceptable. The point being, I'd like you to have a Flexbox. And then finally, any other improvements you see fit, given (laughs) what you know. Number six, write jokes for screen readers. Sure, that's an improvement that you see fit. So, cool here we are so we have now finished for now our first look at the first of our four legs and so what we're going to do next time is we're going to start looking at how to use bootstrap to make normal css tags not css normal html tags do nice things so by normal html tags i mean lists block quotes tables headings paragraphs the the normal html tags how to make those be nicer using bootstrap so that's that's what we're starting on next time
0: Hey, you skipped over shadows. Yeah, but you have a little
1: read. Of what? of Read the docs on shadows and it says the magic word optional. Oh but, there, oh, but you know how I love being a drop shadow. Yeah, but that would mean we would have to compile our own copy of Bootstrap. Really? Yes, it would. It says include this uh. variable when you're building Bootstrap yeah you see why I went "Mm, Yeah, I like shadows but I don't like shadows that Mm -hmm. much
0: that's okay Uh, um, I went through exactly the same as you I was like ooh Helma taught me how to make my own classes for uh, my nice little drop shadow so I have my own there you go you've you've built a small part of
1: Bootstrap all by yourself there you go (laughs) I mean that's all Bootstrap is is a collection of CSS classes that someone else has done the hard work on yeah which is fine by me because I don't have to yeah Okay, well, that is that is, that's all she wrote. That's all I wrote. All right, well, very good. So um, we'll
0: start moving on from utilities to what's the na- what's the next category? So the
1: next one is called content. So the name mm-hmm. bootstrap people give to making normal bits of a page look good is you make the content look good. Hmm. Okay. It's a terrible name. I never remember <laughs> it. Every time I see it in the sidebar in the documentation, I'm going content content i click on it and then i go oh right you mean like tables and figures and things okay <laughs> oh good all right well um we will talk to you again soon then we will talk to you again soon and until
0: then happy computing i hope you enjoyed this episode of chit chat across the pond this show is not supported by ads it's supported by you if you learn from the show or even if you just merely entertained by the shows please consider supporting the show If you go to podfeet.com, there's a big red button in the top banner that says support the show. If you click it, that will reveal to you several ways to contribute. You can pledge a monthly amount using Patreon. You can use the Amazon affiliate link for your country. You can make a one-time donation using PayPal, or you can record a listener review, which is an awesome way to contribute. You can always chat directly with me via Twitter at podfeet or email me at allison at podfeet.com. You can join the conversation in Facebook by going to podfeet.com slash Facebook or on Google Plus at podfeet.com slash Google Plus. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.